we inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to The Core here on American Family Radio Network. Walker Wildman here, and I'm live today. I'm live today. Well, I guess if we re-air this one, that that just blew it. (laughs) It won't be live then. But today is, let's see, it's uh, December 1st, 2021, and I just blew my re-air opportunity. Bobby's over there (laughs) kicking himself. But I just had to brag that I'm live because I've been out for about a week. Yeah. I've been out for about a week, Bobby, and I've been missing the show. Commentary shows, they're missing you. What happened to Walker? Is the family okay? We're praying for him. Yeah. Yeah. All is good. I had Always a, great to hear. I, 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 I collect a lot of vacation days, folks, because I travel for work and I get some, some comp time there, but then I also have vacation days. So um, I don't use a lot of them and got a bunch built up at the end of the year. So last week I took a couple of days off for Thanksgiving, did some things around the house. Then early this week, meaning the last two days, I took an exciting trip out to Dallas, Texas, and I drove out to Dallas, Texas, and I skipped the TSA uh, uh, take all your clothes offline uh, because apparently it's 2021 and we can go to outer space and back in a couple hours, but we, we can't seem to scan people's bodies for contraband without taking our shoes and our belts off, all right? Um, and we've got to wear a mask, by the way in the airport. So I skipped the airport. I drove to Dallas and I attended an iVoter Guide event with our, our good friends, now partners in ministry, um, Richard Ford, Debbie Wethnow, and the entire iVoter Guide team. And we had a luncheon yesterday where we announced that AFA Action, the governmental affairs affiliate of AFA, is acquiring iVoter Guide. So AFA Action and iVoter Guide will now be under the same umbrella, under the same roof as we head into the 2022 midterms. So that was an exciting event that I attended yesterday and more of that uh, tomorrow. We're going to have some special guests on the show tomorrow to talk more about that deal. Before we jump into the news of the week, and boy, do we have a lot of it, um, here's our scripture for the week. Proverbs, I'm sorry, we just left Proverbs. We just left Proverbs chapter 3. We went through the whole chapter. We're going to be in Psalm today. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So that's verse 1 and 2 out of Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Today, right now, we have oral arguments going on at the U.S. Supreme Court. A case that originated out of the great state of Mississippi, where I'm from, 
And it has to do with banning abortion, banning the killing, the murder of babies after 15 weeks. That's the fundamental question before the Supreme Court. There's been a lot of prayer um, heading into this and a lot of legal fights. But look, this is... This is a simple question that we have before the Supreme Court. The lawyers like to like to make things complicated, but the question really before the Supreme Court is is this. Are you a human at conception or are you not? And if you are not a human at conception, which we all know we are, if you are not a human at conception, well, then when are you a human? When are you a human? Well, the heartbeat. Well, the heartbeat. Really? So if someone passes away and their heart stops beating, all of a sudden they're not a human anymore? You just do whatever you want with their body. No. We all recognize that humans and life begin at conception. God's word... <laughs> makes this clear, and science affirms it. That's why when you go to the doctor, and whether you're a mother or you're a husband and a dad, and I just got done seeing my little boy Isaac Gregory on an ultrasound yesterday as I was driving home from Dallas. I was FaceTiming my wife and seeing my son on the ultrasound, and he was being a little difficult for us. He didn't want to show us his face. He was covering up his face. So he was being a little bit like his mom, being a little stubborn, didn't want to cooperate. But nonetheless, um, I got to see my baby boy, Isaac. He's about 30 weeks developed. But you know when they start counting the clock? They start counting their age even before they're conceived. They start counting their age. If you read up on all the, the, the clinic websites, Mayo, Johns Hopkins, you can go down the lit litany of well-respected um, institutions and science, the people, you know, the smart people, and they all start counting age even before conception. They start when the egg and the sperm meet. That's when you start counting age. And so um, birth, uh, a life, human life begins at conception. And that's an established fact. There's really no one disputing that. I mean, even the people who want to kill babies, they don't even dispute that. They have no, they have no logical, compelling case to convince me that life doesn't begin at conception. They really can't make that argument. They pull the whole viability thing, but either it's a baby or it's not. And whether they're viable or not, that doesn't mean we can kill them, all right? And I can't believe I'm having to make this argument. I feel like we're in Nazi Germany or something, or back in the Old Testament when they used to sacrifice babies. But here we are. Here we are. And uh, this is very humbling that we had to get here. And how many babies have died since, since we started this garbage? I mean, how many babies have been murdered under the guise of choice for the past 50 years? So it's way past time for us to end this scourge of abortion and end it completely. I want complete victory here. Complete victory means that no baby in America is being murdered at all for any reason at any time. That is a victory. And until we get there, we're going to keep fighting.
All right, because this is we're not we're not trying to save half the babies or like a quarter of the babies. No, all the babies deserve life. All right, just like the fight over slavery. We're not trying to kind of stop some slavery or maybe you can be like a half slave. No, we're ending slavery altogether. All right, because everyone is created equal and is equally valuable and precious in the sight of God, and that's our standard. So we're for ending all abortions, and this might just be a stepping stone in doing that. And if this gets shot back down to the states, then here we go. All 50 states, let's end abortion. That's the, that's the strategy. That's the plan. Um, on, on the good news front, in the state of Texas, you know, they passed this law, a very pretty crafty way they did it, and they put the, the enforcement of the law in the hands of the private citizens. You know, if, if an abortion mill wants to kill babies, well, then private citizens can sue that abortion mill uh, for damages. Well, abortions have dropped drastically in the state of Texas. In the month of August, before this law went into effect, there were 5,377 babies that died at the hands of abortionists in in August and in in September that number plummeted to 2164 over 50% drop in the state of Texas in in a matter of 30 days because of that law so we need to get that number down to zero but this is heading in the right direction and now every month over 2000 babies are being saved in the state of Texas so that's an amazing amazing thing um Let's see where we want to go here. I think I want to stay on the pro-life front. Um, this is, I'm going to play a clip here. This this clip's not going to get played much out there, but by golly, we're going to play it. Um, this is Ahmad Aubrey. You know, he was the teenager or the young adult that was shot and killed by a couple men in Georgia last year. And there are a lot of facts surrounding the case, what he was doing there. But the basis of the case was was what what was being tried was whether these men were guilty of murder or not in shooting and killing Ahmaud Arbery in the state of Georgia. Well, these three men were tried, and they were found guilty on— two of them were found guilty on all counts, and then one of them was found guilty on most of the counts um, associated with murder and a few other charges— um, so it was a it was a, it was a it was a just ruling when you look at the evidence presented in the case, uh, but Ahmad Aubrey's father just really really stepped out and stepped up above all of the political garbage and the political talking points and all the divisiveness that goes on in our country unnecessarily for no purpose other than to divide divide you and I. Ahmad Aubrey's father really stepped up stepped up to the plate and told everyone that all lives matter, clip six. For real, all lives matter. All yes. Lives. Not just black children. We don't want to see nobody go through this. Amen. I don't want to see no daddy watch their kid get left and shot down like that. That's right, Ma. So it's all our problem. It's all our problem. So, hey, let's keep fighting. Let's keep doing it and making this place a better place for all human beings. Amen. All human beings. Amen. Everybody. Love everybody. All human beings need to be treated equally. All human beings need to be created equally. What a message. How refreshing. And you know who was standing behind him? Benjamin Crump and Al Sharpton. 
two of the biggest race baiters that have ever lived in this country. They travel around grifting, raising money off a tragedy. And Ahmaud Arbery's father has the courage, had the boldness to step in front of those two race baiters and go above and beyond what was expected. And he said, all lives matter. All lives matter, and this should happen to no one's son, is what he said there. Um, And if you watch the video, uh, Benjamin Crump, the well-known attorney that travels the country raising money off of tragedies, um, he's trying to kind of pull Ahmaud Arbery's father off the mic. And I'm thinking, let the the gentleman talk, because he's got something good to say. Well, he did talk, and he did say something good. So that was Ahmaud Arbery's father last week after the uh, jury ruled and uh, convicted all three men of the vast majority of the counts there in the state of Georgia. Hey, I want to end this segment on a very, very encouraging note. And I can't read this entire story because it's about two pages and I've got about 45 seconds before the music starts. But I'll summarize it for you. Last May... A mother uh, by the name of Becky Anderson, her life was turned upside down when she realized that not only was she pregnant, that was the good news, she was pregnant with twins, but at the same, around the same time, they, the doctors diagnosed her with cervical cancer. And the doctors urged the 35-year-old Portsmouth, England mother to abort her unborn babies so that surgeons could remove the cancer. But guess what? The mother who valued her baby's lives, she refused. She said, no, I'm not killing my babies. We're not murdering my babies to save my life. Maybe save my life. I don't know. It might work. It might not. She went on and went 30 weeks into pregnancy safely and healthily uh, uh, delivered, if that's even a word, I just made up a word, uh, safely and with health delivered the twins. She had the cancer surgery to remove the cancer. Now she has a set of twins that are perfectly healthy and she is waiting on results to show that she is cancer free. So Becky Anderson chose life saved her babies, gave them life, and now she's waiting on the cancer-free results in the coming weeks. Encouraging story about choosing life. We'll be back. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Psalm 46 is a popular psalm as it includes the text, Be still and know that I am God. This was the conclusion to a psalm that previously observed, Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. This described what looked like the end of the world. Nevertheless, the psalmist remained unshaken. He refused to allow present difficulty to cause him to forget God's past faithfulness. Virus or no virus, God is our refuge and strength. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. When a girl is experiencing common mental health struggles like anxiety and depression, she will often confide in a friend. That means that even if your girl isn't struggling, she could face a friend in crisis. Before a friend confides in your girl about these serious issues, teach her that she has the power to keep her friends safe. Equip your girl to help her friend by getting the real help she deserves. While she might be the first person to know about serious symptoms, she cannot be the last to know. Come alongside your daughter in praying for her friend, talking with her parents and other trusted adults, like a pastor, a school counselor, and remind her that no matter what, she did the right thing in seeking help. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. You can learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it time for open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also when you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For the typical family, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate when compared to health insurance. Double. It really is remarkable. There's more than 400,000 members now who have shared more than $4 billion in medical bills. So they can handle your bills too. And here's the thing. If you joined before December 15th, They'll waive your new member fee. So that's another $170 you'll save. I'll give you the number here in a second, but call and you'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline, December 15th. So call now and you'll save even more. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. I'm praying God come and turn this thing around. God turn it around. God turn it around. God turn it around. I'm calling on the name. It changes everything, yes God, turn it around God, turn it around God, turn it around All of my AFA at the core here on the American Family Radio Network. This is Worship Wednesday. And that was John Reddick, musician, talented musician there. John Reddick, God Turn It Around, God, Turn It Around is the name of the song there. And it's all about the powerful name of Jesus. And that's, that's what we desperately need in our country right now because, as you know, we have a very, very well biblically educated audience uh, on American Family Radio. And as many of you know, the battles, the struggles that we talk about on this show and on this network are all tied in to the spiritual state of this country. 
I mean, you can talk about the case before the Supreme Court now and how our culture and how our – and I, I don't want to indict all and be overly broad, but part of our culture, part of our legal system has thought it okay to kill babies. That's reflective of the culture, and as Abraham Hamilton III says on our show, on our network, um, we create culture. Christians are called to create culture, a culture that honors Christ and his word and disciples believers to follow and obey God's commands. That's what we're called to do. So we create, the church creates culture, and but the world has been creating the culture around us, and boy, have they been doing a good job. Um, they have been doing a good job, and the Church of Christ has been doing a lousy job. And we've got to do a better job making disciples. Because you look at all the surveys, and you can ask someone, do you believe in God, which is a very broad question. And you'll get 60, 70, 80% of Americans who say, yeah, absolutely, raise my hand. You go farther and say, well, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and died for your sins? Well, then that number drops, 50%, maybe 60 uh, But you start doing what George Barna does, and you start asking deeper questions to find out, not just if people believe, because even Satan believes in God. Even the demons believe in God. But are you a born-again believer? That is the question. Has the Holy Spirit taken over your body, your heart, and your mind? And are you a born-again born again follower of Jesus Christ? Do you obey his commands? Do you study his word? Do you pray earnestly to the Father? And do you allow the Holy Spirit to guide your life? When you start asking deeper questions like that, really the questions that matter, uh, you find out that our culture, there's not as many born-again believers in our culture as we think there is. And so we need to make disciples, starting in our homes, we need to make disciples, and that needs to spread. Um, and, and, and talking about our culture, that song says, God turn it around, that's what we need him to do. In our homes, everything that is going astray, we need God to turn it around and focus us back on his purpose, on his plan. And, you know, one thing I've been convicted of recently, in recent weeks, is we all ask for prayer. I'm sorry, we all ask for wellness in our prayers. I mean, how many times do we ask God, number one, to protect us? And the majority of our prayers, our petitions for protection, are all centered around our physical protection. I'm at least talking about my personal experience here. But why do we need God to protect us? Do we need God to protect us for our own benefit or his? <laughs> and this is, I mean, this is convicting. I'm talking to myself here. If we are asking God to protect us both physically and emotionally and spiritually, for our own benefit, we are missing the mark. 
We should ask God to protect us, not just physically. That's probably the least important matter. We should ask God to protect us spiritually for his purposes so that we can be preserved to work for his kingdom, not so that God can preserve us to work for our own kingdom. Because if we do that, number one, I don't believe God's going to answer that prayer. And number two, we're missing the mark. And so just, just a word of encouragement, a challenge to you out there, when you are praying for God's protection on your life, when you are praying for God to protect your home, to protect your family, to provide you blessings, make sure you're doing it because you want to use that preservation, that protection, and that blessing for his purposes and for his kingdom. Uh, we have to do that so we don't miss the mark. Uh, back to the show and a few other things that I wanted to make sure I got to. Um, this, um, this, this, I, I, I almost can't even talk about this seriously, but I'm going to try. Um, when I saw the media late last week, absolutely, you know, turning tables over about this new variant out of South Africa. So we think maybe it's out of South Africa. Who really knows? Nobody knows. <laughs> is the reality. Um, but but this this looked all too familiar. It looked all too familiar. Remember the headlines, Delta variant. Delta variant. Um, this is a report out of Breitbart, but it, it, it originated out of the National Institute for Public Health and Environment um, over in Europe. And this agency admitted that the Omicron variant was infecting the Netherlands nearly one week before the awakened uh, the world awakened Friday to the strand experts and scientists said first originated in South Africa. So the news breaks, and this is don't don't be deceived. This is all orchestrated, by the way. All of these media cycles where everybody is using the same talking points, and all these stock market analysts are all saying the same thing. This is all orchestrated. There's no way that you get this many people, this many talking heads on the same page about the same topic, all saying the same thing. All right? So I don't know what the overall agenda here is, here is other than tyranny, but um, I'm reading farther into this story. And let's see. The cases detected from South Africa at the Amsterdam airport were reportedly not the first time the Omicron first reached Europe and other nations. Belgium and Germany also believe the variant was circulating within their countries before Friday, according to CBS News. Uh, the, uh, this, um, uh, this National Institute for Public Health and Environment uh, put out another statement, and they said it is not yet clear whether the people concerned uh, in earlier cases have also been to Southern Africa. The new information casts light on just how little the so-called experts and scientists know about the coronavirus virus, much less political policies and horrific unintended consequences instituted to supposedly protect populations. Um, the World Health Organization went on to say that it will take weeks before enough data is collected to make further determinations about the variant. So I'll say all that to say... Um, Everybody jumped on board, Fauci, Biden, uh, New York, going back into a state of emergency. They all started running around like they're like chickens with their head cut off last week over something that was pretty much 
based on nothing. Now the scientists are saying that this Omicron variant could have been around for weeks or months, and it could have originated for somewhere other than South Africa. And by the way, South Africa, their scientists are now saying that there's nothing to be concerned about. This is just another variant, and it's like a mild cold. But Biden runs around banning countries and flights and implementing new rigorous standards. And you just wonder when these leaders, and I know the answer to this, I'm not cynical, (laughs) when these leaders are going to finally look around and go, you know what, guys, all these things we've been doing, apparently they're not working. Apparently they're not working. And the reality is, is that you cannot stop an upper respiratory virus. Because if we could have stopped it, we would have already... (laughs) We would have already done that. We've been trying. We've been pulling stuff out of our pocket, going, "Yeah, let's try this." You know, it's like you're you're stuck. You're stuck on the side of the road. Your car breaks down, and nobody really knows. You don't have a mechanic there, you know. And you, you, it's not the battery. You know, you try jumping it off, and it's not the starter. And so you start getting into the more complex parts of the vehicle that you really know nothing about because you're not a mechanic. But you got three or four people, mostly probably guys, just hanging around the car, and they're just, like, throwing out stuff. And they're, like, naming parts that don't even exist in the car and, like, pulling little tools out of their pocket going, let's try this. Well, that's what our leaders are doing. That's what our leaders are doing. They're all kind of huddled around the car. Nobody really knows what's going on. They, You know, they've got PhD by their name, but they probably don't know more than you and I. And they're just throwing out solutions, so-called solutions, that they don't even know work. They're not backed up by science. They're not backed up by data. And that's what we're doing now. And on this note, I, Ireland is, is, is case in point regarding this. You know, Ireland, they have about 93% of their population fully vaccinated. That was last week. It's probably gone up by now. Well, guess what Ireland's doing? Ireland's doing. Up oh, there going back in lockdown. Back in lockdown. Everybody go to your house. Nobody goes to work. Nobody goes to church. Nobody goes to the grocery store. Back in lockdown. 90 3% vaccinated, and they're having an outbreak of COVID. Let's listen to this. This is clip two. Our sole priority is to ensure that our health service does not become overwhelmed. As a society, we need to look out for each other. 93% of the adult population are fully vaccinated. We have over 600 people in hospital at the moment, and roughly around half of those are unvaccinated. The evidence is absolutely clear, and tonight I would join with all of our healthcare professionals in urging people who have not yet received the vaccine to please take it up. More than anything, do it for yourself, because if you are not vaccinated, you are most at risk of getting seriously ill from this virus, and that is what the evidence is telling us. And I do understand that some people have concerns. So I would say to them, talk to your GP. All right. So so this is Ireland, folks. And what they're saying, they are they are they are uh they are contradicting themselves in real time within a matter of about sixty seconds. They tell us that ninety three percent of their population is jabbed up with these shots that don't work. Oh, but Walker, they do work. No, they don't. Vaccines are supposed to prevent illness and supposed to prevent transmission. 
Well, what are we doing now? We've got a country with 93% of their people jabbed up, and they're having an outbreak. Such an outbreak that they're having to shut the country down. But back to my contradicting point. They say that, well, we've got 93% of our population vaccinated. But then they go on to blame the unvaccinated for the problem. Whoa, 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 whoa. There is no way that 7% of your population is causing your hospital system to be so stressed, so overloaded, that you've got to shut the country down. That just doesn't make sense. It does not add up. And there is a reason our own Centers for Disease Control has completely botched the tracking of breakthrough cases. They announced about a couple months ago, you know what, we're just not even going to track this stuff anymore. As soon as the quote-unquote Delta variant came around, well, we know we're just not going to track. This is just a waste of time. We're not going to track these breakthrough cases anymore. So what do they do? They quit tracking them. They quit tracking them. But if you want to know how many people had COVID in a county in Missouri, by golly, we can find that. Next day results. We'll have it out to you on the evening news. But we want to know how many breakthrough cases we've had. Well, you know, we're just going to have to, we'll have to look at that. We'll have to look at that. And it was the FDA the other day in a court filing in response to a FOIA request. The FDA, it was, it was either the FDA or a pharmaceutical company. I'll check in a minute. But nonetheless, the point was this, this company or the FDA, one of the two, they wanted 55 years to disclose the clinical trial data. There was a FOIA request, a freedom of information request, and they responded to the judge and said, we need 55 years to release this data. You know why they don't want to release the data? Because the data does not look very good. The data does not look very good. And I'm just not, you know, Fauci in it and pulling things out of my pocket. I've actually got a story to go along with it. Let me dig here and find it. This is out of the hill. You know, that Republican ragtag outfit? Nope. The Hill, left wing, D.C. based, actually on K Street, media outlet. They published a story July 30th, 2021. Here's what the headline is. More than 100,000 vaccine breakthrough cases identified in the U.S. Bloomberg had to go state by state in 35 states to, to uncover that there were 100,000 breakthrough cases in a matter of a month. 30 days. Why isn't the CDC tracking this? That's the question we should all be asking. AFA at the core. Be back in a few minutes. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe true morality flows from biblical principles and directs people to the manner in which God intends them to live. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope. 
in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. Hi, I'm Will. And I'm Miki. And we've been married 16 years. You know, one of the things that Miki asked me before we got married, she's like, why do you want to marry me? What is it about, about me? Really, the Lord had put on my heart that God was putting us together for destiny and for purpose and that he had a ministry that he desired to do through us that, you know, we were both ministering on our own, but together that God was going to, you know, use us to minister. There is no one who is closer to you than your spouse, and there is no one who knows you better. And this is by God's design. Marriage is the first institution that God has given us to to shape us and to mold us and to show us ourselves. It's a beautiful picture. Tune in to By Design as we explore God's true purpose and design for marriage. Just visit the podcast page at AFR.net. This is Don Shank with today's global update from the Tide Ministry, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ worldwide in the languages people were born to speak. As we continue our work in Thailand, the Tide Ministry is committed to reach those entrenched in Buddhism, the overwhelmingly popular religion of the area. Our boots on the ground have made headway with a local monk who wants to know more about this Jesus he's been hearing about through our daily broadcasts in the Isan language. Stories like this remind us how vital our mission is to share the hope of Christ with people living in bondage to false beliefs. As we celebrate our 75th year of ministry, we are committed to continue spreading the gospel around the globe so more people can experience true spiritual enlightenment through a saving relationship with Jesus. To learn how you can pray for and encourage people in Thailand whose hearts have been enlightened by hearing the good news of Christ in their own language, visit thetide.org. That's thetide.org. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. We're going to take your calls just here in a few minutes. Enough of me talking. We want to hear from you. 888-589-8840-888-589-8840 is the number to call here uh, at the core here on American Family Radio, 888-589-8840 is the number to call. You know, um, one thing that's really getting left behind in this entire discussion over the shots and how they're not working like they were supposed to, it's um, one thing that's getting overlooked and really not talked about much more is how much do we pay for these shots? How much did we pay for these shots? How much did the U.S. government, with mine and your tax dollars, assuming you pay taxes, how much did you pay for these shots? Well, the conservative estimate, and it's way more than this, but let's just let's just err on the safe side. Operation Warp Speed alone was $12.4 billion. That was last year. Actually, about a year ago. billion went to the pharmaceutical companies to develop and distribute this shot. Multiple companies. And that's not counting any other private money, like from Bill Gates, 
Uh, that's not counting money from other countries. That's not counting um, money that's gone through Congress since Operation Warp Speed. All right, that's just that legislation, $12.4 billion. And what re- really we should, as a society, should be upset about, and, and this is everybody, all right? Th- these are issues that that people of all political uh, views should be able to agree to, be able to agree on. And that is, uh, how did we spend $12.4 billion and the shots are waning? They're waning. We spent $12.4 billion and the shots are just not working how they told us they would work. By the way, if you want to call into the show to the core, we'll take your comments, questions about the topics we've discussed today, 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840 is the number to call in. 888-589-8840 is the number to call in to the show. But the U.S. government spent $12.4 billion minimum uh, to fund this this vaccine, this shot program, and they're waning. Some studies say they're about 30% effective now. Others might say a little bit more. Some say less. Uh, but but the consensus is, even the CDC has admitted, uh, that the shots just aren't working well. That's why you're looking up at the Northeast, you're looking at New York, New Jersey, you're looking out West, and these states are having a huge spike in cases. And these are some of the most vaccinated states in the country. And so that, I mean, to me, that's part of the scandal here is, hey, Hey, pharmaceutical companies, we gave you billions and you pumped out a shot that is not working anymore. What is up with that? I mean, to me, that that in of itself is an investigation. That in of itself is an investigation. Because if it was any other medication, I mean, can you imagine like Advil or Tylenol? The government pays $12 billion for Advil and it doesn't work? Can you imagine the U.S. military paying $12 billion for some equipment from Lockheed Martin and it just doesn't work when they get it? That would be unacceptable. There would be a congressional investigation. There would be inspector general reviews. Why are we paying money to this company when they're producing something that doesn't work? But Big Pharma produces something that doesn't work, and now we're going, yeah, let's get them to make some more boosters. Let's get them to create a, uh, a Omicron variant shot in 100 days, and by then the variant will be gone. There should be serious questions to these pharmaceutical companies as to how on earth they signed off on a shot that less than 12 months after release is just not working. That should be a serious question uh, asked by people of all backgrounds. It should be the president, Fauci. They should all be asking this question. And you want to know why? Is because it undermines the entire credibility of this healthcare bureaucratic operation apparatus in Washington, D.C., I mean, the other day, I was wanting to look up something about an illness, and I ended up on the CDC website somehow. And I was on there, and I was thinking, why am I on here? 
I don't even trust these guys anymore. I don't trust a thing they say. I don't trust a single word on the CDC website because these are the same frauds that are pushing all this non-scientific stuff on our country. And so I don't believe a word they say. So we're having to go somewhere else to find medical information. And it ain't the CDC. I mean, I'm talking about the most basic, settled science, medical advice type things. I don't even trust them, the CDC, on this information. And that really is a shame. That really is a shame because our country has spent billions of dollars funding the CDC to now have them completely discredited across the board, not even trusted by mom-and-pop pharmacies and physicians. I mean, there are average doctors and pharmacists out there that really don't even trust the CDC anymore because they're a bunch of political hacks. They're a bunch of political hacks that are in the pocket of the big pharmaceutical companies, and they're all about the big next paycheck and not about producing uh, medications and therapeutics that actually work. And that's the end of my rant. We'll go to the phones, and I'll go to Becky in oh, the great state of Texas. Hey, Becky, welcome to the court. Thank you. Um, first of all, I want to make sure I heard you correctly about that report on Ireland. Did you say that 600 out of 600 in the hospital, 300 were unvaccinated? Um, no, ma'am. <clears throat> that was ah. um, the, the, the Ireland story. Let me pull it back up. I'm sorry, Becky. All right. The Ireland story, okay. I, I didn't get into the hospitalizations, but the, uh, the, 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 the country of Ireland has 93% of their population vaccinated, fully vaccinated, and, and they're, going right. back, they're going back into shutdown. They're shutting the whole thing down because right. of an outbreak of COVID cases. What was it, that hospitalization, those numbers that you gave? Um, let's see here. And the reason I ask. Sure, go ahead. What's your question? The reason I ask is because I might have misunderstood you, but it sounded as if from what you said that the rate of unvaccinated among the hospitalized was not the same percentage rate of unvaccinated outside the hospital doors, was not 93% was not 7% uh, unvaccinated. Those two numbers didn't add up. It was like yeah. if you stepped into the hospital sick, all of a sudden the percentage changed. Another discrepancy. Yeah, no, no. I, I didn't get into the hospitalization numbers with that Ireland report. I was just talking about the country as, as a whole. Uh, the country as a whole, the entire country of Ireland, 97% of their population of citizens are fully vaccinated. So, so the vast majority of people, every nine in 10 people that you come in contact with are all fully vaccinated, but their leaders are putting them into lockdown because of COVID. So the only conclusion there is that the shot's not working because if the shot's working, then you've got 7% of your entire population without the shot. And there's no way that 7% of your population can cause your entire hospital system to collapse overnight. Um, so, so 90, yeah, so 93% of their population is fully vaccinated. Very valid point. And that was a great point. All right, Becky, thank you for calling in to the core. All right, let's go to Diane in the Magnolia state. Hey, Diane, welcome to the show. Hi, uh, one quick comment. I have all three of my shots and I've noticed when I go to a doctor's office, they ask for proof of those shots. 
but they never ask if there are any side effects. Hmm. So they don't ask you if you've had an adverse reaction to it? Never. Hmm. So how are they collecting that information? That's that's. I think that's a good point there. Well, I'm guessing they're not. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you felt okay? Uh, when I had my booster, I had a minor reaction that was no big deal, but nobody's asked me about it. <laughs> well, do you mind sharing with us a little bit? Well, it was just strange, you know. You don't get your booster for a year after you have gotten your other your last shot. Right. And after I got my booster, the point in each arm where I had received the shot ached for about three weeks. Mm. So you had soreness around the shot location? Exactly. And like mm. I said, it had been a year since I had gotten one of the shots. Yeah, you know, Diane, that's a, that's a good point there, and I, I'll, I'll let you go. You know, that uh, that is, that's an example of an unreported adverse reaction. That's, a, that's an example, a prime example of an unreported adverse reaction. So you look at the VAERS database. You look at the VAERS database, and by the way, the VAERS database, people want to try to critique it and go, well, you know, these are unconfirmed cases. No, 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 no. No, we've never undermined the VAERS database until now. All right. So the VAERS database, the Vaccine Adverse uh, uh, Event Reaction, uh, I'm sorry, reporting system, that system has never been questioned. Uh, okay, I'm not going to say never. The, the vast majority of physicians and scientists have looked at that VAERS database with credibility. And they've used it to investigate reports. And so all of a sudden, we want to start undermining the VAERS database as a bunch of, you know, right-wingers filling out fake reports. No, 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 no. We've never done that before. All right, so you've got over 700,000, yes, you heard me right, over 700,000 adverse reactions. Those are people and doctors who took the time to go into the VAERS database and complete the lengthy report, all right? But then you've got Diane in Mississippi, who we just talked to who she had a mild adverse reaction, and it, it didn't get reported. Nobody asked about it, so it's not in the VAERS database. So the question is, how many people across the country have had adverse reaction, and nobody even cares about it? Nobody cares to ask. And speaking of adverse reactions, you're going to want to tune in to tomorrow's show. On the core tomorrow, we're going to talk to a gentleman named Michael about his adverse reaction. He's had a pretty bad experience with these shots. And we're going to get his story on the core tomorrow. You're going to want to tune in and hear that. Hey, Chris in uh, Tennessee. Hey, Chris, welcome to the core. Hey, Walker. Thank you for taking my call. First of all, I'm so glad you got your own show. I've been a big fan of yours for many, many years. Um, I just want to say this. Uh, you know, the government has no right to get mad at people if they don't want to take the shot because they are the ones who sowed the seeds of distrust. With Dr. Fauci and him lying to Congress, and he funded the gain-of-function research, and he lied about that. He's been a dismal failure about everything his entire life. Yes. And he's, he's you know, he flip-flopped. He lied. And, he, I mean, at first he lied to us that we didn't need to wear masks because he didn't want a shortage of masks. Well, that's all you needed to know. Yes. But I'll tell you this. Where the seeds of distrust got sown for me was when we knew, when we, when we discovered way back early in 2020, that there were plenty of very inexpensive quinine-based drugs. All these 
preventatives are yes. quinine based. Okay. And when they decided, oh, no, we're not, we're not, we're going to, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We're not going to use the preventative. When all of us were out here screaming, hey, you know what the preventative is? It's quinine. Get it in everybody's body until we get uh, a, a vaccine. Yes. But, anyways, my last point about the vaccine is this. If you went to a car dealership and you told the salesman, hey, is there anything that I need to know about this car that is not openly disclosed? And the salesman said, well, yeah, you might be driving down the road and the car will blow up on you, but we're not sure if that's going to happen or not, but there's a possibility of it. Okay, same thing with the shot. I'm not taking the shot. Yeah, no, that's a good point. They're not they're not disclaiming anything. You go you go to get the shot and I've heard testimonies of this. I haven't done it myself, obviously. Um but you go to get this experimental shot and the pamphlet, the disclaimer pamphlet is empty. Why? Because it's under emergency use authorization. Big Pharma hasn't been required to produce uh, disclaimer materials. Now, when they get the fully authorized shot out there in the market, which is not even there yet, by the way, the one they approved is not even available in the U.S. yet. Um, they'll have to provide all these disclaimers. Uh, but right now, it's a blank pamphlet uh, with absolutely no disclaimers um, Jerry in Texas, you got about 30 seconds. What's on your mind, Jerry? All right, so I'll knock this out because I'm on a time hack. The critical thinking has totally escaped so many people, and I will say the body of Christ as well as yourself, Sister Miki, Brother Will, all the people that stay there at AFR. If, in fact, there are all these variants, why are people not asking, why am I getting a shot for a variant that you don't even have a vaccine for you kind of touched on it i just i was on hold but yeah the thing is is people don't think critically they just said this thing came out but you need to go get a booster a booster for what the booster doesn't doesn't even it's affect for, the original strain it, as dr park said yeah it's for so it's people for, need to start listening to dr park they need to listen to mccullough they need to listen you to got other doctors that claim the blood yes right, sir brother, i'll let you go all right brother thanks jerry yeah you're right these shots were designed for alpha the, the virus that came out, I don't know, about two years ago. These shots were not designed for the latest variant. AFA at the core. See you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.